1: Seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmead.
2: All right, everyone. Welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmead Show. Thanks for being with us all week long. We have Geraldo standing by and Carlos uh, Jimenez of Florida, House Armed Services Committee, Homeland Security, and China Select Committee. Uh, does he have his hands full, and did he see some very interesting hearings this week? Uh, and this week, of course, today, Mayor Adams, uh, Mayor Bass, uh, Lori Lightfoot, what a crew! And new, uh, new mayor Turner, excuse me, uh, Mayor Turner of Houston. Uh, they hold a big four moderated panel discussion uh, outside Adams, helped to potentially ruin every major city. Although I think that Turner's done a pretty good job with the homeless situation in Houston. At 11 o'clock, Governor Tedeschi gives a keynote speech at the Heritage Foundation. Some of the things going on today, but for now, let's get to the big three.
1: Now, with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
3: Number three. Again, conflict in the Indo-Pacific region is not inevitable. But we cannot rest on our past accomplishments
2: to secure a future peace. We don't have the luxury of time. Uh, Admiral Huckino, speaking out yesterday at a hearing, he wants $9.8 billion to bulk up our Southeast China presence. The China threat. You see it. We feel it. Biden's denial if he doesn't sober up quick and the free world, the free world the future, the free world's in the balance.
4: Number two, President Biden has long said it is his intention to run. And CBS News has now learned that he could make it official as early as this coming Tuesday. That's exactly four years since the president jumped into the race in 2020.
2: All right, here you go. Joe is a go. It's being reported that on Tuesday, 80-year-old Joe Biden will officially declare he's running for another four years in the White House. Why now? What's really happening behind the scenes? We'll take a deep dive uh, while the Republican feel grows and intrigue builds with the dissent its announcement uh, about a week away, perhaps.
5: Number
6: one, according to a letter from the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees, former CIA Deputy Director Michael Morrell told congressional investigators the days after the laptop story, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, then a Biden campaign advisor, reached out to Morrell and set in motion the events that led to the intelligence officials' public statement.
2: Heat on Biden. That, of course, is Catherine Herridge. Could we be at the boiling point for the Biden family as we see the intricate plan to save uh, save Joe in 2020, spike the laptop, and win an election, and we're seeing the, the plan gradually unwrap before our eyes, even if the consequences are delayed and the, expo- the truth is exposed, that will be enough for me. Uh, I'm not worried about Hunter Biden uh, going to jail. I could not care less about his legal future or his financial future. I want to know what he was up to. And most of all, I want to know why Mike Morrell was called by Anthony Blinken to have 50 other intel experts with very good reputations put it all on the line to sign off on something, for the most part, they didn't even see. And nobody took the time, as far as I know, to call up the nominee himself, President Biden, and say, hey, before I sign this paper, is this your son's laptop? Geraldo Rivera joins us right now. Geraldo, would you have signed that form?
7: I don't know if I could have withstood the pressure, Brian, uh, when you think about, uh, you know, the entire Democratic establishment coming down on you, including uh, the uh, the presidential nominee. So what? Uh, yeah, maybe they just, uh, they obviously didn't have the spine to stand up and maybe they just thought it was just politics, uh, that it didn't really count. Uh, you know, I don't know, but it is a, a, a grave embarrassment. Uh, I think it may be the worst thing that happens to Hunter Biden. However, I, you know, five years in counting, and the guy's still not indicted uh, for for anything. Uh, so I think that uh, Hunter may skate and just become a prominent artist, uh, you know, uh, until he pulls up the wagon and we get some more uh, vivid uh, videos of him.
2: Yeah, well, a couple of things. Did you ever have a huge uh, tax debt? And have someone write you a $2 million check and then put you up in their guest house?
7: I just paid a huge tax debt, and I didn't get any help from anybody.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's but what Hunter... you the
7: money, you got to pay the taxes.
2: Well, I mean, we're law. hearing about these millions of dollars. We're seeing the bank records. Forget about what people say. We're seeing the bank records. We don't know where the money is. And yet we know that Hunter Biden doesn't have any of it, and he has to live in somebody else's house. And now I think he's living at the White House because I believe, my humble opinion, I believe he, he knows the president can't get around... When they start talking about this whistleblower, what I find most intriguing is that he has evidence, receipts, he says, that shows that people are covering up this investigation, thwarting it, stopping it from going forward. And all eyes, and it's confirmed, leads towards the Attorney General Merrick Garland. Now, I don't know if Merrick Garland can plausibly say, I thought the investigation was just moving along, when we all know it doesn't take five years to investigate a, uh, a a hooker loving crack addict with the laptop of evidence.
7: You know, I I am shocked that there has been zero progress. nada has happened to Hunter Biden substantively. He's not charged with anything. And what really baffles me, Brian, because I I do believe that this is uh, you know uh, s- sweetheart treatment uh, to the nth degree. Uh, What surprises me is remember that the Delaware U.S. attorney is a Trump appointee, and that predates, you know, uh, the Biden presidency. So what in the world have the various authorities, the prosecutors, been doing when it comes to Hunter Biden? Is it possible, Brian, that there is no – they're there, that there's no money laundering, that uh, there's no uh, illegal lobbying, that there's no tax crime, because it is five years. Uh, you know, he is a whore-mongering, drug-addled, uh, you know, a person of, of, of low moral repute uh, who ends up with his, uh, his brother's widow. So
2: exonerate him. It doesn't take five years to exonerate somebody.
7: He's not exonerated, though. He's neither exonerated nor accused in five years and counting. So to me, this is, uh, this is a real dilemma, Brian.
2: Well, a couple of things uh, on this. I think that um, with these bank records out there and this whistleblower about to emerge and saying that people are suppressing the investigation, that seems to be the accusation. And Hunter Biden's attorneys ready to pounce. I think this is where the rubber hits the road. They say there's a quirk in the law. Say, due to a, a quirk in the federal law, this whistleblower needs congressional approval to more fully describe his allegations to his own lawyers, which he wants to do before testifying to lawmakers, I believe, has something to do with the tax law.
7: You know, quirks aside, uh, Brian, I mean, there is a, a, a situation where you have to put up or shut up. Uh, what What is it exactly – that you think Hunter Biden did, uh, whistleblowers to me are very, very squishy. It's one thing to go before a friendly congressman uh, who is uh, trying to make the ob- the, uh, the target of the investigation look bad than it is to go to a U.S. attorney and say, under oath, okay, I have this evidence, let's uh, prosecute this person uh, to convict them beyond a reasonable doubt. It just, a whistleblower to me is just show. So I, I go, really, I, 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 I think really, he's doing I, things the
2: I, right way instead of doing an Eric Snowden go going to, to away, Russia.
7: If, if you've got something, go to the prosecutor, not to
2: the. Uh, I w- I'd want some protection. I mean, you look at what's happened with Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi yeah, comes terrible. forward that, that, now that the, the IRS is problems. knocking at his door and some lawmaker wants it, wants to put him in jail. I want, I, I believe me, I want, my, right. I want my, I want my back. Watch, I got, I have a twenty-year career in. I don't want some, Dem, I don't want some Democrat stabbing me in the back and destroying me, destroying my career. Well, I want you point. to hear what his, law, I want you to hear what his lawyer said, Mark Lyle, uh, Mark Lotto. Cut three.
3: You know, it's really unfortunate that that statement was made. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Clark made that statement. My client wrestled with whether or not to come forward. He had a lot of sleepless nights about coming forward with this. At the end of the day, he decided that he could not live with himself if he stayed quiet and said nothing. So he's coming forward, but he knows that he's going to be attacked. And, you know, really, attacks like this are kind of what he was worried about. Uh, But he wants to come forward, tell the truth. He's instructed us to reach out to both Democrats and Republicans on the Hill and let those statements that if they want to hear him and have him come in to the Hill and talk to him, let those statements rest where they are.
2: Interesting.
7: Well, like I said, Brian, uh we we're from an area of the country you know we both were raised in uh you know the uh the, the south shore of long island no nonsense hard working parents you know no bs uh i i just think that if they got something on a, on a on an accused then you go to the authorities and you try to you know let them know that a crime has been committed or tell them what you know and what you saw i i just think we're going to have a circus here i more you know uh, more you could have a youtube channel with hunter biden's <laughs> pornography on it uh you know it's uh, it's it's pornography I, I you know i think you know, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child every parent knows that uh in this case you have a, a son who's been reckless has endangered your status uh i'm talking about the president's status and uh you know in you know undermined his uh his uh, his aura uh and and now he seems and i think you, ha- you hit it on the uh, the nail on the head brian when you said the the more feeble and uh uh, disabled, the president becomes the more prominent. Hunter's role everywhere. as his physical prop is going to be. I think so, that, as in Ireland, the, oh, you're going to look at yeah. President Biden and you're going to, you know, widen your gaze. And there's going to be Hunter Biden. He's going to attach himself to his dad in a very uh, uh, public way, and you know, it, it'll. I, I just think that
2: the but but okay, rather rough, rough the let the me bring it, Let me bring you back to 2020 uh and all the 2020 stuff about you know what the, my pillow guy says and what other people were doing, it didn't even matter. Just let's talk about strategy that we know of. So this laptop emerges as the surprise. Remember George W. Bush? They came up with his DWI, and it might have yep. closed yep. the gap that made Al Gore and George W. Bush going to overtime. So that happens. There's October surprises all the time. So this pops up because in 2019, the FBI held on to it, wanted to keep it down. So it pops up in October. The real story is... What was going on behind the scenes to suppress it? And if it came out, could that have been the difference that turned 200,000 votes in key areas, Donald Trump's direction? And then when they're debating, they had to get this out and reputed and the 51 signatures before the debate. And Trump comes out and says, you know, what's going on with the laptop? He goes, that's Russian disinformation. That means the president of the United States looked into the camera and lied to everyone watching. Because like you are with your six kids, you knew, you know, if that's your kid's laptop, you know, if those pictures, those transmissions, those emails are yours, those text messages from and to you are yours. Not one of those 51 that I know, have picked up the phone and said, hey, Mr. Vice President, is this you? Because if it is, if it is not, I'll say it's Russian disinformation. But if it is you, don't ruin my reputation and have me sign off on it. But the FBI never asked him. We never hear from it. The whole thing is suppressed until six months to eight months after when the Washington Post, New York Times and Politico come out and say, hey, you know what? I think CBS, I think this stuff is real. That's the story of the 2020 election. What happened behind the scenes to suppress this intelligence about his uh, uh, his international dealings and uh, possible shenanigans?
7: Well, I don't disagree with anything you just said. I think it's a a brilliant summary of where we stand, but I still come back to my put up or shut up. Where is the crime? What is the crime? Uh, You know, it's like uh, with uh, Trump in Manhattan. What is the crime exactly? 34 counts on this indictment. It counts about what? You know, what's, what is this crime? Can you describe the offense that he's uh, alleged to have committed? Uh, not yet. Uh, we don't have to. Law doesn't make us uh, be specific. Uh, and the same thing uh, as with Trump, I think, as with Biden. I don't hear crimes there, Brian. I hear embarrassment. I hear, uh, you know, were there sympathetic uh, agents uh, uh, high-ranking in the uh, FBI or the DOJ, generally speaking? Right. Uh, you know, I don't I, – I, it makes you – kind of throw up in your mouth about uh yeah. you know politicians and how dirty they are and how uh, self-serving and so forth but as a you know a, a, as a lawyer I just look at it and say I, I don't see how this ends other than the the people uh, promoting or presenting more sleaze about Hunter Biden at some point they going to it's going to stick to them uh, the more they pursue this uh, this creep, the creepier they're going to seem. I think. Uh, you know, we got to move on. We got Taiwan. We got uh, uh, Ukraine. We got uh, uh, Russia. Uh, you know, uh, trying to expand and threaten nuclear, this and that, and the other thing. We got we've got some big big fish to fry here. Uh, you know, I'm I'm fascinated by this. Uh, this race that now we see uh, Biden, uh, is, he's, is he the slam dunk uh, nominee for his party? And I have uh, a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I mean, he's a, he's kind of flaky himself, but uh, I think that he may catch on. He may catch fire. Maybe you're not going to be talking about Biden as the front runner uh, in, a, in a couple of months. It, and uh, let me
2: give you more and more theory because you're better at this than me. But look, let's think one step ahead. Why is it that CBS, CNN and NBC are covering this story? Why are they suddenly interested in following it up and staying on top of it? Why did that lawyer speak to CBS before Fox? Is there a possibility that the Democratic Party is saying, I'm done with him, too? <laughs> Final I think, thought?
7: It could be. I mean, it's a fascinating theory. Uh, and uh, what you describe is absolutely accurate. Uh, why are they taking this route? Is it that, uh, you know, they're about to pile onto to the president and uh, and suggest uh uh, that maybe he's, he's not the man for the uh, for the second right. term. I mean, long sh- long shot. I still think that it's going to be Trump and Biden, uh, but uh, I think we're going to have some fascinating mm-hmm. discussions on Friday mornings going forward. Brian,
2: absolutely. He's Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo, you have now permission to start your weekend. <laughs> okay, buddy. I'll see you. All right. Now uh, we come back. Your turn. One eight six six four zero eight seven six six nine, and then Carlos Jimenez of Florida. Don't move.
0: Brian Kilmeade.
1: Both sides.
0: to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
2: There are 50
3: former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is has all the four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage.
2: That is the moment. That comes down the first time you can really see flagrantly what the president's like when he lies. The president, vice president at the time, debating Donald Trump, who had COVID in retrospect. He ended up testing positive a day later, showed up late that day, did not perform well. We all know that way too aggressive. But at that moment, he was just stunned. He's like, really, are you actually going to say that the Russians actually planted that laptop with all this information, all those pictures of your son and had all the details of the deals. And you being the big guy and Tony Bobolinsky had come out and said, let me just tell you about the deals. And I met the president, the vice president at the time at the Beverly Hills Hotel, and he told me, take care of my family. And I did. And then they double crossed me and stabbed me in the back. And I got out. all that stuff. The press conference, it was done. The things that were written, the laptop, and then all of a sudden, social media sidelines it. they tell you it's disinformation. 51 intel agents come out, and then they tell you this is classic Russian, uh, the classic thing that Russians always do. And next thing you know, the president, when he goes to bring it up, has a moderator, has an opponent, social media, the media, all combining to marginalize. The background on his opponent that shows at the very least he could potentially be compromised by his international dealings with other nations. Why? Because he's not selling anything except for influence. What influence could he give as president?
1: The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
3: Again, conflict in the Indo-Pacific region is not inevitable. But we cannot rest on our past accomplishments to secure a future peace. Security challenges threaten our very way of life, as well as the peace, prosperity, and stability of the rules-based international order that has enabled that peace for over 80 years. The investments we make today will allow future generations to enjoy the same legacy of liberty our ancestors entrusted to us. But we don't have the luxury of time.
2: Admiral Kilno, who's the commander of U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, he's asking Congress for $9.1 billion to deter China and warn the U.S. must act with urgency, as you just heard. Uh, Did that message resonate? And can we get the money? And do you think they need the money? I say yes, but I would love to know what they're spending it on. Uh, Congressman Carlos Jimenez joins us now. He's on the House Armed Services Committee, Homeland Security, and China Select Committee. Man, you have an important series of committees there. Congressman, do you think they should get the money? Are you convinced uh, that it will make a difference?
9: Well, I think it it will make a difference, but uh, we not only have to thwart uh, China militarily, we also have to, frankly, we need to start to decouple from China and hurt them in that way you know, the one thing that probably China fears the most is uh, hurting their trade and uh, really what's what is funding their incredible increase in military spending and their acceleration of the modernization of the uh, the PLA. And so this has to be a multifaceted approach. Yes, we need more new weapon systems. We need better weapon systems uh, so that uh, any invasion of Taiwan is painful to, to China. But in the end, I think it's a combination of that uh that threat plus uh you know the weakening of China and their economy and look it's not going to be it's not going to be painless for the United States to start to decouple but we must decouple from China we are way too dependent on them and we are actually funding their ability to um to accelerate uh, their 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 military capacity you know it's american dollars that are doing this. And so we need to stop that.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, But tell that to Janet Yellen, cut 19.
5: These national security actions are not designed for us to gain a competitive economic advantage. But we do not seek to decouple our economy from China's. A full separation of our economies would be disastrous for both countries.
2: Who's right? Right.
9: Who's right? You or her? Or or me? Yeah. Oh, I'm right. I'm right 100%. Uh, You know, that's idiotic, okay? If you somehow think that uh, China, you know, look, they've said it. They want to be the dominant economic and military power by the year 2049, and we need to start decoupling. We need to start, look, if anything, COVID taught us that we can't be uh, dependent on China uh, for our supply chains. Uh, And, you know, we keep, uh, we're the ones that are supplying China with the ability to, uh, obtain their their goals which is to become the dominant military and economic power of the world we have to uh, decouple and the fact that she doesn't understand this, and the Biden administration apparently doesn't understand this, is what makes president Joe Biden so so dangerous it's but, like, uh, when he became president when right. he became president in, in 2020 I predicted we're going to be in a major war soon okay somewhere and sure enough here, here we are in Ukraine we're not involved in it but yeah in a sense we are because we we're shipping arms to Ukraine I don't think that would have happened under President Trump. I I am actually sure it wouldn't have happened under President Trump, uh, because he would have ha- he would have talked to them and said look and and explained to them that that wasn't going to happen and, and it wasn't in their best interest. President Biden is weak, and frankly, every day, every single day, more and more evidence comes out to me that President Biden is compromised, uh, and so that uh, that reaction from from that secretary is not uh, it doesn't surprise me because the entire administration. Uh, you know, doesn't right. know what it's doing. Or if it does know what it's doing, it's certainly not working in the interests of America.
2: Congressman, it looks like the Admiral yesterday said we have not. he has not heard from his counterpart. He has called out to China, but they have not returned the call. Our Secretary of State's almost sadly begging to get back and speak. They're talking to France. They're talking to Germany. They're whining and dining Brazil. But they're trying to push us away. I want to stay away. I want them to worry push. about us. I'm tired of putting our hand out to them. We can't be this dumb. Now, I'm watching the president of the United States had met it with Lula of Brazil a couple of months ago. Lula sold us out, going to trade with the Chinese currency. The Colombia leader was there yesterday at the White House. Now, they have gone into the orbit of Russia, Iran, and China. We're still friendly with them. It's, a, uh, it's watching a building detonate, slowly crash to the ground. And the president doesn't realize he, you know, he actually put the lever down and put the dynamite in the building. Oh, absolutely.
9: I don't think I don't know if he doesn't realize it. Remember, there's more and more evidence coming out every day that this president is compromised. OK, and compromise uh, and his entire family is compromised. So, uh, you know, we uh, we need to get to the bottom of that and because that could explain a lot of things, Brian. All right. I mean, nothing. None of the, what his, that this president does makes any sense unless you view it through that lens. And uh, and so we need to get to the bottom of it. And I know the media is going to try to uh, the the mainstream media is going to try to cover it up as much as possible. Look what they did with the letter, the uh, with the Biden and the the laptop uh, issue with uh, and and, uh, uh, intelligence uh, people coming out with a a bogus letter saying that that was Russian disinformation, the Russian hooks, all of it. All right. And so now, um, you know, this president may get it, but gets it on the wrong side. Certainly not protecting american interests and at the end of the day we need to decouple from china and we need to do it yesterday and it's not going to be you know it's not going to be without pain but we need to start protecting american businesses american industry we need to rebuild our capacity for manufacturing and we need to build our own stuff here or if not here uh near short you know to our allies uh, and people on this uh, on this side of the of the pacific and so Again, when I saw that uh, the secretary saying what she said, you know, my jaw dropped. But then I said, well, it's the Biden administration. So I guess, you know, that's par for the course. They just don't get it. And by the way, this is ta- now we're talking not just about our economy, we're talking about our freedoms because that's what the, the Chinese Communist Party wants to do. They want to dominate the world and they want to surround us, and then they eventually want to destroy, you know, our freedoms. They want to destroy our economy. They want to make, make sure that we're no longer the, the military superpower of the world, and then they want to destroy our freedom. And, Brian, I came from Cuba. I've already seen my freedom in my home country disappear. No freedom of the press, no freedom of religion, no freedom of expression, nothing. You don't want to live there. You don't want to be there. Uh, and that's what uh, this president is uh, is uh, leading us to by allowing China to continue on this path. And, uh, and look, do you really think that uh, – that President Xi would would not get a phone call from President Trump, would not accept a phone call from President Trump, Uh, that tells you everything that you need to know about this administration and the disaster that it is. And and frankly, this nation cannot survive another four years of Joe Biden. Hey, we're going to be lucky to survive the next year and a half under Joe Biden, much less another four.
2: Imagine if you guys didn't have the House. And and I'm not kidding. I wish. Exactly. Right. uh, I mean, it's ineptness or it's, it's a mission, but the other thing that's breaking down is the border, and one sober authority on the border has been Congressman Henry Cuellar on the Democratic left, and that 's why they tried the primarium, and he picked out mm-hmm. what you just said. He sees South America, Latin America falling away, cut twenty five
10: You know this is one thing that I've been talking about for many years that we need to pay attention to what's happening in our own backyard, okay. mexico, Central America, uh, Latin America in general because the, especially the Chinese, the
2: Iranians and the Russians in certain countries, but especially the Chinese, they have ports of entry, you know, they have ports, they're doing a lot of work. In fact, I'll be happy to share uh, later on some uh, maps that show you the intensive work that the Chinese are doing right across the border here in the U.S. There are certain activities uh, where now it says made in Mexico, but really made in, in, uh, in China The Chinese are coming in and moving into uh, areas, to industrial parks, very, very close to our own borders. And now we have thousands well-dressed coming across our border as if they're actually refugees. They're not refugees. They're coming in here to middle to upper class. We already had some of them coming in pretending to be farm workers who are actually astrophysicists. And they go into these high-tech jobs and take our secrets. So what Congressman Cuellar is saying is not new to you.
9: No, no, absolutely not. Um, And he's absolutely 100 percent right. You know, when I came to Congress, one of the first things I said is we have we have got to stop ignoring our own backyard, what's happening in our own backyard. Look, China is gaining influence in there because they're also interfering in elections and they're pouring millions of dollars, uh, either bribing uh, or corrupting influencers and then public officials themselves and then putting their. Their weight behind uh, uh, on, on elections so that their candidates win, candidates that will be friendly to, uh, to uh, the Chinese. Like Lula party. in and Brazil, that's exactly, exactly that. And then, and then Petro in um, in Colombia. Uh, they're really happy that Maduro is in Venezuela. They're ecstatic about Cuba. Uh, and we we continue to to ignore our own backyard, and pretty soon we're going to be surrounded. Uh, And with with nowhere to go. And uh, you know what? Uh, We can't continue to do that. Mm -hmm. We have to now, you know, uh, assert our presence in our own backyard, uh, fight for freedom and democracy uh, here in our hemisphere. Uh, Look, this is a global conflict. Uh, There's a conflict between good and evil, uh, between freedom and oppression. And uh, and one and one side with the United States and the other side, which is led by the people's, you know, uh, the People's Republic of China. And it's a competition, and, it, and they are our adversary. And we need to stop funding the instrument of our destruction every time we buy Chinese goods. Every, and no matter how small, uh, we are sending a dollar, $5, $10. And uh, when you add that all up, it's trillions of dollars back to the Chinese uh, and the Chinese Communist Party to use um, to, to defeat the United States, our principles, our freedoms, uh, and our way of life. Uh, we have to face up to it. It's unfortunate that Secretary Yellen uh, hasn't uh, realized yet, or maybe she has realized that, and it's exactly what she wants. Because there I are hope, people, yeah. I believe, in the White House that uh, do not love America. They don't. They don't love America like you and I do, Brian. Uh, right. They want to see a different America, and they're fine with telling us, telling people what to do, what to eat, what to drive. Uh, basically controlling our entire lives. And we're seeing that already here in the United States. And uh, one of the reasons, what, the reason I ran for Congress is that I don't want to see the same thing that happened in my homeland happen here in the United States.
2: All right, so let's talk about 2024. You have possibly Mm -hmm. Mayor uh, Suarez getting into the race. You have Governor DeSantis probably going to get in the race maybe as early as next week. He's expected to... um, uh, expected to go abroad on Saturday, taking him through Japan and South Korea, Israel, and the United Kingdom. So that's usually not something a Florida governor does. So right. it looks like he's going to run. And Trump is beating, uh, uh, is leading in every poll in every state. But a solid right. second is DeSantis. I know you're a fan of both. Do you plan on endorsing?
9: I'll have a major announcement later, uh, later today. Uh, about who, uh, who, who I'm going to throw my weight behind, I'll tell you who I'm not going to throw my weight behind is, is Suarez. That he is he is the Republican version of Pete Buttigieg, and not only that, at least Pete Buttigieg is a, is a Democrat. Uh, Suarez is not a, as a Republican. He endorsed uh, Hillary Clinton, he endorsed uh, Andrew Gillum, and then he endorsed Biden in 2020. Um, you know, he everything that uh, that glitters is not gold, Brian. And, uh, and I, you know, if he comes out, I will let people know exactly who he is. Um, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't, uh, he'd be hard pressed to win a, an election here in Miami-Dade County people, you know, he takes credit for a lot of stuff that he didn't do. Uh, and then he kind of dodges things that he did do. So, no, I'm not a fan of Francis Suarez. You can make, you can be sure that I will never support Francis Suarez as far as, uh, Governor DeSantis and um, and the President, I will make a uh, an announcement later today.
2: You, but uh, but regardless of who does get the nomination, could you support either one of them?
9: I will support the the nominee of the Republican Party because this nation cannot cannot endure four more years of uh, of Joe Biden. Cannot we can't? Uh, you know we are putting ourselves at risk if we elect if somehow this nation elects Joe Biden again uh the the nation that comes out that we will see in twenty twenty eight may be a nation that we don't recognize anymore or is uh, very little uh, like the nation that we see today even today so uh whoever comes out of the republican uh nominating process that's I will wholeheartedly uh endorse that individual
2: yeah, it looks like uh it looks like Donald Trump is picking up the bulk of the lawmakers in Florida. Uh, Michael Waltz, I know, has not made a decision yet, and we'll find out shortly. Byron Donalds has. Uh, it seems like most people are endorsing uh, the former president. Uh, lastly, do you think Governor Stanton has, has done a good job in Florida?
9: Yes, I do. Um, you know, I, I've, uh, I have nothing you know, but praise for uh, for the governor and the, the, the work that he did during uh, the COVID, and I think he's doing, you know, the, the, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, people are flooding into the state of Florida, the free state of Florida, And so, yeah, I think he's done he's done a good job in in uh, in Florida. And I think that the president did an outstanding job as president of the United States. Uh, And so, again, I will be supporting the nominee. I'll make, you know, Brian, by by the end of the day, you'll know exactly where I stand.
2: All right. I'm excited. Uh, If you want to tell us now, (laughs) it's not going to be Joe Biden. I'm pretty sure of that.
9: Right. Um, God, man, man I just putting me in a bad position. Um, <laughs> you know, oh, God, well, I'm still mulling it over in my head, Yeah, Brian. yeah
2: keep mulling. Yeah. All right, yeah, Congressman, right thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah,
9: thank
1: you, Brian. Co- Congressman
2: you Jimenez over in Florida. When we come back, I'll take your calls and find out if there's more to know.
1: Newsmakers and newsbreakers. here at first on The Brian Kilmeade Show. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's find out if there's indeed more to know.
1: More to know. Sponsored by Spirits Capital Corporation. Barreled whiskey is the cash cow of industry insiders. But now you too can invest in premium American whiskey as it ages. Go to caskdeeds.com. dot com to learn more. Paid for by Spirits Capital Corporation.
2: All right, here we go. Charges against Alec Baldwin have been dropped in the fatal onset rush shooting, according to uh, everybody. Uh, He's 65 now. He's got like 100 kids. He says, quote, we're very pleased with the decision to dismiss the case, but he's still got a civil case. So for only one person's going to be charged in this, and they're going to start shooting again.
11: I mean, I guess they still want to make the money. It's disappointing. I mean, the poor woman's dead, but hopefully.
2: Yeah, no one's going to be held responsible. Well, I mean. Uh, I guess he's going to be part of the production, so he is for finishing the shoot, the actual movie.
11: The question: Who do you think the movie will do better or worse now because of the incident? Yeah.
2: I think people will see it next. Britney Spears' memoir concerning uh, concerning for publishing executives as a singer spilling a lot more. A lot maybe uh, met with legal action. Uh, the pair have been seen at odds. I guess with her husband, even though Jamie about father. About her father, the pair have been at odds for years. Even though Jamie insists he saved her life. During his conservatorship, Britney openly alleged the abuse by her dad. Associates of Jamie claim that he will not simply let the daughter write what she wants to about him and destroy his reputation. So we'll see how that goes. Next, Twitter begins removing all the blue checks from users who don't pay. Have you figured out how to pay? Are you going to pay,
11: Allison? Um, I'm not No one cares if I'm verified or not. And really, I'm actually, you know, may or may not be on there as you most of the time anyway.
2: Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm just
11: searching. Should, I, should I pay? How much is it going to be? I think it's. I think it's eight, but then I think if you want a posting, there's something else. So It's, really? it's, a little... it's going to be fees to post? I know. Um, we were trying to look into it. It was a little convoluted. We haven't figured it out yet. Not you... post, but longer videos, I not get... post in general.
2: Understood. Next, the Oakland Athletics, and I'm glad about this. They're moving to Las Vegas, just like the Raiders. The uh, Oakland is falling into a cesspool. They don't spend any money in their sports teams. Their owners don't have a lot of money. And Las Vegas will offer them a new stadium and a fresh start. Why not? Another reason to go to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, you go there, it's like 5,000 people. It's like watching a minor league soccer game in a Cavanaugh Stadium and hit its stride 1971.
1: From the Fox News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan, it's the fastest growing radio
8: talk show. Brian Kilmeade.
2: Yeah, from 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan, heard around the country, heard around the world. In a matter of moments, I'm going to speak with Jonathan Turley soon. I talk to him so often about so many important things. Uh, Soon I'm going to have to retain him, and he's going to need my uh, credit card. Uh, I'll probably give him my Amex, or does he accept Apple Pay? Because I'm getting all this free legal advice. He makes me sound so smart, especially on the weekends when that's the small talk is all about all these investigations. Daryl Johnson at the bottom of the hour. The USFL is back. Great opportunity for football players who couldn't make the NFL or taking a deep uh, little timeout and looking to go back. It's people who love football. Fox and NBC own it. They beat the XFL even though they're in the playoffs last week. Daryl Johnson runs that league. The Cowboy Legend will be with us, and then we'll do a simulcast on Varney & Company, and you'll finally see what I look like. So let's get to the big three.
1: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
3: Number three. Again, conflict in the Indo-Pacific region is not inevitable, but we cannot rest on our past accomplishments to secure a future peace. We don't have the luxury of time.
2: Yep, that is the admiral in charge of that region wants $9 billion more to secure it. The China threat You see it. You feel it. President Biden's in denial. If he doesn't sober up quick, the free world is in the balance.
4: Number two. President Biden has long said it is his intention to run, and CBS News has now learned that he could make it official as early as this coming Tuesday. That's exactly four years since the president jumped into the race in 2020.
2: Joe is a go, and he'll be 86 if he wins. It'll be reported on Tuesday. 80 year old Joe Biden will officially declare he's running for four more. What's really happening behind the scenes that had to move up his timeline from the fall till now? We're going to take a a deep dive while the Republican field grows. They get Larry Elder and intrigue bills between DeSantis, Trump and everybody else.
6: Number one, according to a letter from the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees, former CIA Deputy Director Michael Morrell told congressional investigators the days after the laptop story, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, then a Biden campaign advisor, reached out to Morrell and set in motion the events that led to the intelligence officials' public statement. Heat
2: on Hunter. Could we be on the at the boiling point for the Biden family as we see the intricate plan to save Joe back in 2020? spiked the laptop, win an election, gradually unwrap that plan, and now we see that plan, and it does seem diabolical. With me right now is Jonathan Turley. Jonathan, we talked last night on, uh, as I filled in on Jesse's show, but it does seem as though Mike Morrell under oath, came out and said, I wanted Joe Biden to win the election. I was asked to collect these 51 prestigious names, and I did when it came to the Hunter Biden laptop, labeling it classic Russian disinformation.
12: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a familiar pattern, of course, because that's the same pattern we saw with uh, the Steele dossier. When the Steele dossier first came out, various reporters expressly asked the Clinton campaign, did, are, did you fund this? Is this your doing? And they said no. And later, a uh, New York Times reporter and another reporter accused the campaign, people like Mark Elias of really sort of uh, lying to them, of of concealing their role in this. But the pattern goes beyond that, right? I mean, the Steele dossier should have immediately raised alarms over the lack of support uh, to these allegations. It did with people like Bob Woodward, who recently said, I told them not to go with this, that this was not a reliable story. Um, Well, now we're seeing the same pattern with this letter and it really shows the eagerness of the media. You know, when it comes to Hunter Biden's laptop, the media immediately said, we're not going to report on this. Uh, even before the letter came out, they were resisting it. And when, and yet when they get this unsupported letter, uh, they just immediately replicate it. They don't ask. They don't press on where it came from, who was behind it. And the result is that in, in now successive
2: elections,
12: We've had this type of disinformation being placed by campaign figures into the body politic. politics.
2: Jonathan, you must get this a lot. I mean, when there's a controversial court case or something that comes up in politics that has a legal angle to it, they would love to know that Jonathan Turley believes, uh, let's say, what you know. I, I back Brian Kilmeade. He's in trouble. Like, I call up, but you have a reputation. You have to say, hey, Brian, I like you, but the case is dicey. I can't put my reputation on it. I can't get my head around the fact. Did Michael Hayden, I know he had a, a health issue, but Leon Panetta, uh, that I know Clapper and Brennan are politically compromised. We knew anything, didn't, they just hate Trump. But if you look up and down, this is some big names that we have seen interviewed on all different topics in the war on terror and the, and the uh, Cold War. And they, sight unseen, as far as I could tell, didn't even pick up the phone to say, hey, Joe. Is that your son's laptop? Because I'm about to sign a letter that says it's Russia's idea. I don't want to put my reputation, which I earn off of, I give speeches on, I'm proud of, uh, on the line if it's not true. And basically, nobody asked, and they're all declining to comment right now.
12: No, it's, it's very true. First of all, with regard to any allegations made involving Brian Kilmeade, I I always accept those as true. They're sort of self-authenticating.
2: Well, um, you just eliminate yourself as a good uh, good backer, but go ahead.
12: Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, no, I, the, I'll defend you to the end of the, of the earth.
3: Thank you. Uh,
12: but um, you're perfectly right in all of this, in that the Hunter Biden laptop, what was interesting is that many of us wrote on the laptop um, in the early days And one of the things that I wrote about was that this laptop seems to have self-authenticating elements because they're referring to emails that obviously have recipients or senders. Yes. So this was not hard to confirm. And yet the media struggled to find a way to say we don't have to report on this and even more so that it's probably false. And even when the president in a debate tells the American people, I've got this letter saying it's Russian disinformation, which we now know was prompted by his own campaign. The media still doesn't want to inquire. But you can see that in all these interviews. As you noted, Brian, these would be easy things to ask the president. You know, Did you ever sit down with Tony
2: Bubulinski? Because he said Once. you did. No one he- has. Yeah, no one has asked him that.
12: Yeah, and, you know, when you you say that, you know, you had never had knowledge of your, your son's dealings, how about all of these pictures and visits uh, from his business associates? Uh, you know, how plausible is that uh, in light of your own voice captured on a, a message where you're talking about his business involvement? None of that. Is being questioned. I think part of the reason is that the Biden campaign really was brilliant in how they handled this. They got the media to buy in to the illusion by calling an audience member to the stage to make something disappear. They are now invested in the trick. You know, for the media to now admit, "Wow, there's a lot of influence peddling here, and this is this could have national security implications," would be a self indictment.
2: Yeah, the fact we got to this point when people talk about oh this election was thrown it was still forget about everything vote harvesting all that stuff. If you just look at the information that was given to the American people and what wasn't and what was what forces were working together to make sure they did the voters didn't find out everything they needed to know to decide a very. Very close election. It was really, you know, decided by 200,000 votes in certain areas. And Donald Trump got 72 million of it. This is the type of story that I think is a bigger story. And I just find it fascinating, too, what's emerging now with the attorney, this whistleblower, with the possible attorney uh, calling out the possible attorney general for blocking an investigation uh, that would move forward on Hunter Biden and possibly reveal the rest of his family. As the House is looking for bank records, it turns out a whistleblower has emerged from the IRS with a 20-year track record as an investigator, saying there's bias in investigation. He couldn't sleep, and he, and it is a he, has come forward, and his lawyer has confirmed that the Attorney General's involved in the accusation as we wait to see this person come forward. And maybe you can help me with this. They say in a quirk... Uh, in the federal law, this whistleblower needs congressional approval to more fully describe his allegations to his own lawyers, which he wants to do before testifying to lawmakers. Your thoughts on what the whistleblower has constraints?
12: Well, there are some restraints. I've represented whistleblowers and it's a rather complex web of regulations. The the fact is this lawyer is going about this correctly. What's breathtaking is the attack by Hunter Biden's lawyer uh, saying that, well, I think he just committed a crime, strongly suggesting the whistleblower should be criminally charged. It's ironic because recently Hunter Biden asked for his critics to be investigated by the IRS. And so the fact is that this whistleblower does need permission uh, to uh, to, to speak to these committees, but he's going to get that. Um, the, the issue of perjury of the attorney general uh, is a little more challenging. I, I don't think that a viable case is likely to come out of that because of the general language yeah. used by the attorney general, but that's not the main issue here. People need to focus on, and that is, was there political influence at the IRS? That itself is a crime, by the way, interfering with a Tax investigation is a crime in and of itself, but it also would explain why many of us have been writing for months that there's no perceptible movement in these cases, and we can't understand it. I mean, Many of these crimes that are alleged by Hunter seem to be well supported you know that you know he had to pay his taxes late with the help of a of a wealthy friend. Uh, the gun form that he is accused of having false statements on is rather demonstrably true. Um, so this would probably certainly explain part of that delay.
2: You know, again, I know the attorney general being, I'm not, you know, I just don't get involved in that. I think in the bigger picture, let's just remove all, uh, don't get too involved, don't dive too deep. Let's take a step back. From what you know of this case and all of your experience in John the Turley, do you need five years to figure out what Hunter did and didn't do?
12: No, and and a good example of that is the foreign agent violation. I don't see how you can possibly look at these records and not find that he was an unregistered foreign agent. The Department of Justice slammed various various Trump officials with these FARA violations, including Paul Manafort. There are really strong analogies between this and the Manafort case, so that's an example of how this one seems to be moving at a glacial pace when they seem to move with great dispatch against people like paul Manafort
2: yeah the, I would say so uh in in the uh in the event that this does move forward, just an observation, do you notice that unlike twenty twenty we're now seeing NBC, CBS, CNN, and Fox covering this story. Are you Have you noticed that?
12: Yeah. You know, the, the there's an interesting – if you look at this coverage, there's an interesting change. I mean, part of the most interesting aspect, of course, is the belated acknowledgement that the, the laptop is authentic. But you'll notice that while the media came forward with a sort of begrudging mea culpa, okay, we got this wrong – um, they don't explain why they didn't do this over the last two years, uh, but but also they say the laptop is authentic, but then they don't deal with what's on the authentic laptop, right? So the media doesn't actually deal with these emails that are suggesting that President Biden was at least projected as a recipient of some of this money. Uh, so it's a bizarre framing of this.
2: Yeah. Jonathan Turley, uh, there's always enough for you. To, there's always a lot for you to comment on. Uh, we live in a very litigious world. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Brian. You got it. Have a great weekend. 1-866-408-7669. I'll come back uh, and take your calls. Also if you want to write BrianKilmead.com. We're still looking at other the other things we're, we've been looking at. I haven't really been able to dive deep yet, uh, and that is – uh, the China threat and this administration just being left out to drive from Antarctica all the way down to Argentina. There, China is determined to out-influence us everywhere, including Africa. Why are we just sitting back, standing by? Can anyone be this inept? You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show.
1: Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. Information you want, truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
2: Hey, welcome back. Uh, we have uh, we're about to uh, welcome in Daryl Johnson. About ten minutes, talk a little bit of football, talk a little bit of sports, what's going on. Uh, I don't have no idea. On a side note, why Aaron Rodgers is not a New York Jet now? Have you ever seen anything like this? He says he's going. The Packers don't want him anymore. Hall of Famer, still gonna play. Okay, famous, got it. No deal. I've I've never seen it. And there's, well, I'm going to talk to Al Johnson about that because the Brett Favre thing and all he has seen in his career. So we'll talk about that. Meanwhile, this is the last week for James Corden. I thought he was the most talented guy in late night. Even though late night television is not close to what it was in terms of diverse talents. This guy can do it all. So I DVR his show once in a while because he's the least political of everybody. Uh, and the last night he had on P. Diddy, Puff Daddy. Uh, what is his last name? Well, uh, it, the last one he's using.
11: Love is the current
2: one. Love is the current. He's just called Love. Yes. All right.
11: We have that. We have a clip of James Corden asking him.
2: So they're in carpool karaoke. Yes. Like, this
11: what I'm talking though. The mystery
2: name. of his name. Yes. Is not solved. I saw this, and this guy has got so much charisma and personality. And no, I'm talking about James Corden. I'm talking about P. Diddy or Love.
10: I don't know what to call you. You could call me any of the approved names. Take us through. I was born Puffy, okay, and then I became P. Diddy. And then they called me Diddy because I was so pretty. Okay. And then Puff Daddy, and then I became who I am now, which is Love. 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 L O V, not Brother Love, just, just Love. Love. Yes. Now, I can't help but notice that you've overlooked Sean. Sean is typically used you know by my mother or I don't know like when you're in trouble or something Oh uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a bit like when my mum calls me my full name. Yeah, it's just like Sean, like okay. you know what I'm saying? So that's not on the approved list. I'm not approved. No, you okay. I love you, but Sean yet. I, I appreciate like, that. I'm not there. Yet. You know, yeah. Who is Sean approved from the world of entertainment? There's only one person. Oh, go on. And I call him Sean. That's Jay-Z. We call each other Sean. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else could call me Sean. He's and the no, only person who's Sean approved. There's not a single person that outside should be... Outside of family? That should be... No, outside of my mother. Okay. Just... That right. should be calling me, Yeah, that should be calling me Sean.
2: So, do you think we just made the world a better place?
11: I do. I think we helped a lot of people. If you ever bump into love in an airport, don't call him Sean. He's not going to respond. Right. And he's going to be offended.
2: I've never seen a guy more well groomed.
11: Right? Really? Never?
2: Ever. <laughs> I mean, isn't not he
11: We work I mean, we work in a building with a lot of well groomed men.
2: Better, he's better.
11: Interesting. He's
2: better. What'd you think of it?
11: I thought he was good. I agree with you. He was very um I'll later in the show we'll play a cut to. Um it was very funny about how a baby number seven came about.
2: Right. And then <laughs> had how to go and how James Corden could do the same.
11: Yes, but that would be two cuts because it's very long, but very funny. Apparently, we'll give you a little tidbit. If you start to need to do more of an R and B album, it helps you make babies.
2: Oh, that's so interesting! <laughs> All right, uh, it's good to know. But you know, remember, he's been on the scene. He used to have that white party out east, and I was. He said he well, he did Fox and Friends once, and he said on the air he was going to invite me. But then something controversial happened, and they stopped doing the party. I think it got too big.
11: Was that it, or you just didn't get an invitation? But they, I
2: remember like <laughs> saying to myself, I was going to have fun with it on the air and say, like, well, listen, my invitation never came. And I remember they go, "This is, we're stopping it after this year. And I had my one chance to hang out with, with my people, who are celebrities. Those are my people,
13: celebrities.
1: From his mouth to, to your, ears, your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. Third and goal, Cookus, open, touchdown, Chris Rowland, walking in for six. Cookus the swing to Colburn, Colburn to the edge, and he did beat five on third and seven. Cookus hit as he throws for the end
2: zone, floats it. And there you go. Uh, uh, sadly, I guess for the Memphis Showboats, they lose their opener as they come back into fruition, come back into play after years uh, gone dormant. It's part of the USL revival year two off to a roaring start. Philadelphia beat Memphis. Birmingham down the Generals of New Jersey, New Orleans, 22, Mowers 15, Michigan over Houston. And joining us now, the man in charge, former NFL uh, fullback, three-time Super Bowl champion, a Dallas Cowboy legend, and USFL executive vice president, Darryl Johnson. Darryl, congratulations. Year two is underway.
8: Thank you. Thank you very much, Brian. Good to be with you.
2: Hey, so what's it like the, the, this year? Number one, not everybody's in the same location. You fanned it out.
8: Yeah, it's actually we I don't think we ever realized how chaotic our environment was last year until we got here this year and just had the two teams per hub. So the hard part is we don't have everybody with us. Um, Obviously, everybody's kind of spread out across the league, Detroit, Canton, Memphis and Birmingham. So we don't have that that camaraderie and that unity that we had and we tapped into last year to get through year one. Um, but it's it's a much more relaxable pace. I've been to more practices already at this point this season than I did all of last season. So I I just think we were all finding out this year, how chaotic that environment we worked in last year with all eight teams in the Birmingham hub.
2: Yeah. And now little by little, I guess is the goal to get everybody in their cities to have a team in New Jersey, get a team in new Orleans.
8: Exactly. Exactly. And that was the big feedback we got from the fans in, in year one. Um, You know, when when Birmingham was playing here, it was great. You know, for all intents and purposes, they had 10 home games. They they might have been listed the away team, but they were never the away team last season. And it was hard for our other seven teams to compete in that environment. They never had that home game feel. So, um, you know, when we pushed the envelope with the production and, you know, we had double sky cam and drones and helmet cams, we were exposing ourselves to empty seats and we we felt the risk reward would lean in our favor but our fans really wanted to see more people in the seats so that was the reason to go to four hubs you know initially we were going to do a north and a south but when we got the feedback from our fans, we re, we really wanted to kind of ramp up that that timeline and and do exactly what you said get get more teams into their home markets as quick as we possibly could. Um, you know, obviously Canton is 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 a unique one. We don't really have a true home team there. Pittsburgh is about an hour and fifteen hour and thirty away, but we really wanted to maintain and expand on that relationship in Canton that we had during our playoffs last year. So our our plan is to get. More home teams into their home, home markets as we go from season to season, and and we can't wait till we've got all eight uh, into their home markets.
2: All right, so I want everyone to hear the another big game was uh, the New Orleans Breakers against the Pittsburgh Maulers. Uh, let's listen.
3: They get protection. Bethel Thompson running it,
10: diving,
7: and he's right near that first down marker. Bethel Thompson under pressure finds an open man. Saves run, right, slips a tackle.
14: The ten. Rebel Thompson looking to throw.
2: Anthony Jones out of the backfield. Touchdown breakers. And now, of course, is Kurt Menefee, 22-15. Uh, and they uh the Maulers go down in this one. So week one, you're going against the XFL in week one, and you guys just about a million viewers from Fox Sports One to NBC, uh, to uh to Fox Sports and just the network. Uh you have to be happy with where the first week went.
8: We really were. We really were. Um, You know, I I think last year there's a big curiosity factor that kind of comes into that that week one game, but now they know who we are. We've completed a season, and and for us to, you know, beat our competition by almost a million viewers, that's a credit to the people that we work, our partners at Fox and at NBC, because I, I continue to say this, nobody does football better than Fox with America's Game of the Week and NBC with Sunday Night Football. So to have those two people on our side helping us through this journey is is just unbelievable and and a great lead in from NBC on Sunday morning with an English premier game. Uh, We've got 17 more fantastic lead ins coming from Fox and NBC during the course of our season to try and hook some viewers to stay with us. So you know, we're really looking to to exceed the the ratings that we had last year on a week to week basis. And we open in Canton this week. Uh, I think that that's going to be a big test for us. Number one, just from viewership, but also attendance. Uh, going to be a little bit chilly, uh, as I'm sure De- Janice Dean has told everybody about. Uh, you know, in Canton, so uh, we'll, we'll see what the turnout is there. But it, it looks promising right now. But uh, but I think the ratings are going to continue to, to stay right where they are. And, and that's all we can ask for. And then as, as we move through the season and we get some of these great lead-ins, you know, we'll start to grow that dealership.
2: You didn't have that problem. Come out of Syracuse, get drafted right away by the Cowboys. Team ends up great and is being a juggernaut for years. But after talking to these players who are on the edge, you know, the Division II players, 1AA, are the ones that just fell out of the draft who are underachieved in camp, what have they expressed to you player-to-player player, about this opportunity?
8: They are so grateful, and one of the things that, that all of our coaches say, um, and, and that was one of the big things we did this year. We, we actually lost fifty percent of our, our head coaching staff last year. Um, you know, from our original eight, who will always be grateful to. You know, we lost four of those, and, and we brought in four new head coaches. Um, very blessed, you know, to have these gentlemen with us. There's over 120 years of coaching experience there. Are five Super Bowl rings, and. You know, they came into us, and a lot of them have NFL experience. And, and they said, "We we love these kids; they're unbelievable." You know, you go to the NFL, and sometimes you've got to you've got to push some guys to get involved with special teams. You've got to push some guys to do certain things. He goes, "We have to pull these guys back." You know, we've got small rosters. We're doing double duty because we're as an offensive player, you're getting ready for your game, but then you also have to nice. simulate the offense for the other team as a scout team for your defense. And he goes, "These guys never bat an eye." They never complain. It's just, what can I do coach? How can I help coach? And so one of the things that that our head coaches find out when they get to the USFL is just how much our guys love football are grateful for the opportunity um, and, and just hey, what what can I do to get better? Where where are my weaknesses? What what do I need yeah. to improve at so I can get a better chance to stay in the NFL?
2: Yeah, you get a lot of teaching, and if you're a good coach, you can elevate those players. It makes you look good, and then those players say, "Hey, I had this great coach back in, uh, in playing for with the Maulers." So so Daryl, uh, what are the big games this week? What hubs are going to be uh, ignited? What's the Fox Sports schedule? Do you know?
8: Yeah. Yeah. We've got a little bit of crossover here. It's kind of fun this weekend. So, um, you know, we've got the Memphis hub coming down to, uh, to, to Birmingham. So we're going to have Birmingham, New Orleans uh, on Saturday. We've got a double header here in Birmingham. Uh, and then we're going to have Memphis uh, versus uh, Birmingham in the afternoon or in the evening game. Um, and then we we've got a, you know, kind of our first go around with the intra hub scrimmages or scrimmages games. Um, we've got, Unfortunately, we couldn't get onto Ford Field this weekend, so we're, we're traveling down to Canton. We're going to do a doubleheader in Canton on Sunday, so we've got Philadelphia playing Michigan, which are paired together in mm. our Michigan hub, but they're traveling down to Canton to do that, and then we've got Pittsburgh versus New Jersey uh, who share the Canton hub together playing against each other, so it's kind of fun for us you know. this weekend. We've got the two teams in the Northern Hubs playing against each other, which which will be, uh, you know, an interesting thing to see. So um, we're really, really excited. Uh, you know, I, I, Birmingham has got that. They've got that target on them. You know, we hear it from the New Orleans players here, you know, intra hub and, and they'll get to play next weekend. Uh, but but I'm real interested to see a couple of our teams bounce back. Um, you know, we were undefeated last week here in the Birmingham hub. Um, the Michigan hub was undefeated as well. Um, so, uh, with, with the Memphis hub coming down here and one of those teams, the Houston team, you know, was one of the, one of the teams I had my eye on. I I was impressed by Kenji Bahar, the quarterback in the the scrimmages we had in Memphis, but but he didn't play as well in the opening week. So I want to see if Houston can bounce back. And then Memphis, I think is still trying to figure out exactly who that starting quarterback is going to be. They made a change, uh, at number two and number three, but I think Brady white still the starter. Uh, but but they've made a change with right. their backup quarterback, and it'll be interesting to see if Todd kind of pushes that to see who he's got uh, from quarterback depth.
2: Now, you're the high-profile guy at the USFL. The XFL has the rock. Could you tell our viewers, our listeners, why you are a better choice?
8: <laughs> uh, I think I have a lot more experience around the game of game. There football. you go. Um, I, I have a really, really good network. I, mean, I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to sit here and tell people that I have all the answers. But I do believe that I'm a phone call away from some very, very smart football people <laughs> that can help me find my answer. So I think that that's, that's one of the advantages that, that we have in the USFL is, is we've got a number of people associated right. with us at the top that have tremendous outreach into their networks to help us make our tough decisions and get a little bit of guidance. And, and I think that that's uh, that's a luxury that, that we have that I, I and, and the XFL has good people. They've got good people in the front office. I know Russ Brandon. I know Russ Giglio, um You know, I, I know Doug Whaley. There's a lot of good people over there and, and we're, we're the same here on our side, but I, I really do feel, you know, through my playing career, through my broadcasting career, the relationships that I've created—not only with the NFL teams, but with the league itself—that that I can get an answer to a question right. or some information to help me get that answer from some very, very smart,
2: right, experienced people. Well, he was goofing off in the movies. You were learning and playing football, winning championships. <laughs> Daryl Johnson, best of luck this weekend.
8: Thank you, Brian. Always good to visit with you.
2: Yeah, I've uh, tuned into the uh, USFL. Back in a moment, Brian Kilman Show.
1: Now, the Brian Kilmeade Show joins Fox Business's Varney & Company with Stuart Varney. Live on your radio and on Fox Business, here's Brian Kilmeade.
2: Hi, welcome back, everybody. A Matter of Moments going to simulcast on FBN, one of the fastest growing cable stations in all the world. And Stuart Varney, uh, one of the top shows in the country, will do that. And we'll explain not only what's happening in business, but in news. Also, let me urge you to watch One Nation Saturday at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, repeated again at 11 uh, tell one, uh, tell all. And I'm going to be talking about something else that I cannot believe we're doing, and that is uh, transgender sports. Do you believe there's another side to this? Uh, some people say there is. He's running through his uh, markets right now. So let's uh, listen in.
14: 51 Eastern time. You know what that means on a Friday morning? It means kill time. And here he is. Sure. All right, Brian, let's get straight at it. The accusation is that Merrick Garland obstructed justice in the Hunter Biden laptop probe. What do you know about this?
2: Well, we've got to see what the whistleblower says. There's a quirk in the law that says before the whistleblower can go and brief Congress, they got to, he wants to be able to meet with his lawyer, tell him everything as an IRS investigator. In order to do that, he needs permission from Congress uh, to do it, from this committee to do it, bipartisan. When he does that, he's going to open up the whistleblower to his lawyer, and then they're going to decide how to approach this. And it's pretty much it's confirmed it's the attorney general with david Weiss who 's the attorney in Delaware, kept over by uh, kept over from the Donald Trump era that 's doing the five year investigation, can you imagine a five year investigation on something that where we all see all the paperwork virtually and we see all the the money and the loss and the IRS payments? We have a guy that made the payments already then we 're trying to un- uh, uncomplicate this deal and find out what other maybe foreign international foreign deals he was cutting uh, without getting proper credentials. Is this the
14: break? Is is this the big break, Brian? This is it.
2: When this whistleblower comes forward, just watching the attorney, watching to see the way the other networks are covering it. My sense is that not only are we going to be covering it when this whistleblower comes forward, it's going to be impossible to avoid. Because this is the president of the United States who wants to change the subject. That's why he's announcing on Tuesday. This is a president of the United States who's desperate to talk about something friendly to the left, like today, green energy, environmental and uh, environmental causes, inequity. He's doing that today. I think he's desperately trying to change the, tra- change the song.
14: Okay, let's see how that goes. Congresswoman Nancy Mace was on the show moments ago. Listen to what she said about the House passing the bill, protecting women in sports. Watch this.
4: It's actually discrimination against women if you want to get to the bottom of it. And thank, I want to thank
15: Riley Gaines for having the courage to tell her deeply personal story—a young woman who had to compete against a biological male who was denied a medal, didn't get first place because he, you know, he was much stronger than her physically, and had to share a locker room with a biological
4: male. I mean, yesterday, while we were on the floor, I had an amendment that passed on the bill. The Republicans were called insidious. They were called transphobic. And what's insidious is forcing a girl to share a locker room with a boy well said brian i don't see how biden
14: and the democrats can defend biological men competing in women's sports it's just not fair but they're running with it
2: you know it's easy to come against these horrible people called white men but when you go ahead and say my mission is to sideline and marginalize women good luck with that message because when you drill down at it that's what it's saying it's say women competing at the highest level is so It's so of little importance, it doesn't matter who decides to enter. Now, they're calling it bullying. Hakeem Jeffries says this is a non-issue. This all is not an issue. Really? Okay, I oh. guess you didn't watch Division I swimming last year. I guess you haven't been paying attention to the big debate uh, in this country, the whole pick-your-gender attitude now that you're in third grade. We used to pick instruments. Now we're picking what we want to be, what pronoun we want. Uh, thankfully, in Florida anyway, they're putting it into that. So now you have it happening in sports. With all somebody, the waters is Megan Rapino. This is a, a outstanding women's soccer player That's and right. says nobody cares about women's high school volleyball. You know enough, really? Today I was talking to a Division One volleyball player, female, who's now coaching Division One volleyball, who cares a lot about Division One volleyball and high school volleyball. Why is high school volleyball not good enough? I mean, right. why is that okay to tell women, no matter how hard you train? If a man wants to compete with you, they can, and they can get the medal. Why do women not matter suddenly?
14: I think, what's wrong with this idea? In women's, in sports, why do you have men competing with men, women competing with men, and trans competing with trans? A separate category. What's wrong with that?
2: I just don't think they're enough. I mean, do you? I mean, I I haven't seen the numbers. It's one half of 1%. I just think this. This is my analogy, and I think it's a good one. When Kobe Bryant at 18 goes to the Lakers, uh, he's playing with the Lakers. He might watch the NCAA tournament and be 19 and say, those guys are my age, I want to play. Kobe, Kevin Garnett, whoever decided to come out of high school early, Shaquille O'Neal, you can't go backwards. You can't go backwards. You made a decision. So you make a decision. Those are the rules. And you could go and train, but you're not going to be able to compete. That's just the way it is. And I just think that that's the reality we have to live with. Because of a small source of uh, number of people who decide something for them. And that's fine. It's not right to to, to mess with other people's dreams all well along said. the way.
14: Brian Kilmeade, good stuff. See you again next week. Thank you very much. Brian. All right. On Thanks the show so much just ahead, Steve Hilton.
2: All right. Uh, we got about a minute left. one uh, So among the people that Donna DeVarona, who I did not know this, in 1960, was your 13-year-old Olympian. Then in Tokyo, she wins gold, a bunch of medals. And soon after, she makes a bigger impact as uh, actually co-founder of, uh, co-founder of the Women's Sports Foundation, plays a big role with Title IX. She says she talked to Renee Richards. If you remember, so odd from Massapequa, where I'm from, uh, a man that decided to be a woman and then competed on the women's circuit. Caitlyn Jenner, obviously one of the finest uh, athletes America ever produced, becomes a woman. You know what they both say? No way should you let transgenders play with, uh, play with women. Not fair. They said it. They lived it. Okay, I'll give them the expertise. And when they say Renee Richards actually competed against other women, and Renee Richards now says that was a mistake, I shouldn't have done that. Everything was brand new back then. But look, uh, I just think it's an, we have so many major issues. We're talking about the China threat. We're talking about our economy. We're talking about the collapse of banks. We're talking about this new mortgage leveling thing, which is outrageous, outrageous. For those of you with great credit who have enough money for a down payment, it's going to affect you. This other stuff matters, but the numbers don't say it's that pervasive. But I just find it interesting that suddenly women's sports doesn't matter to so many people that went to bat for it so many times.
1: News Headquarters in New York City. Always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade.
2: Hi everyone, welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmeade Show. So glad you're here. Shannon Bream is going to be here in a matter of moments. She's got a big book tour coming out, big show on Sunday. Julie Mandaris and Kennedy together on her show. Both have one thing in common. Uh, they don't like me. Uh, so this could be, unlike Shannon, who adores me, uh, I look forward to that interview, but not at the bottom of the hour. That's something I have to work through, and I'll have to really have a, a stiff talking to with my producing team, which is about twenty two people now. It is a huge staff. In fact, Allison doesn't even have to come in. She just presides over, doesn't really make any decision, just just navigates different vacation days and human resources, uh, human resources uh, advancements. Uh, and well, and by the way, uh, quick mention today, Governor DeSantis. Even though he hasn't declared yet, man, he feels like a candidate. He is speaking at the Heritage Foundation. Then he is going to Japan and South Korea. This guy wants to uh, burnish his international credentials, going to Israel too, which I know he's been there before. He's got the war experience. I'm not sure it's a great time to leave the country, the way everyone's beating up on him. Which which means they do fear him. So let's get to the big three.
1: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three.
3: Number three. Again, conflict in the Indo-Pacific region is not inevitable. But we cannot rest on our past accomplishments to secure a future peace. We don't have the luxury of time.
2: Uh, that, of course, is Admiral O'Kilno. He's in charge of the Indo-Pacific region for the U.S. and has been unable to get the Chinese counterpart on the phone. which a bit of a problem. It's called a call China threat. I see it. You feel it. President Biden's in denial about it. He better sober up quick. Uh, only the future of the free world is at stake.
4: Number two, President Biden has long said it is his intention to run. And CBS News has now learned that he could make it official as early as this coming Tuesday. That's exactly four years since the president jumped into the race in 2020.
2: Wow. uh, Joe's ago. It's being reported that on Tuesday, the 80 year old Joe Biden will say, I need four more years of free housing. What's really happening behind the scenes? I thought this was going to be a fall rollout. We'll dive deep. And also on the Republican side, the field grows. We have another entry we'll discuss.
5: Number
6: one. According to a letter from the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees, former CIA Deputy Director Michael Morell told congressional investigators the days after the laptop story, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, then a Biden campaign advisor, reached out to Morrell and set in motion the events that led to the intelligence official's public statement.
2: Catherine Herridge, heat on Hunter. Could we be at the boiling point for the Biden family as we see the intricate plan to save Joe, spike the laptop? win an election, and gradually, well, that plot is being unwrapped. Even if the consequences are delayed, the exposed truth seems within sight. And joining us now, Shannon Breemaker anchor of Fox News Sunday, author of The Love Stories of the Bible Speak, Biblical Lessons on Romance, free, uh, Friendship, and Faith. Shannon will be signing uh, books on Barnes & Noble at the Villages in Florida on Saturday. That's this Saturday, April 22nd, from 11 to 1. Only two hours. She's a busy woman. Uh, Shannon, welcome.
15: Brian, I am joining you from the airport because I'm about to head to the villages. So I just apologize for whatever TSA arrest me, whatever happens. You hear in the background. Just you know, send money if you need to. Set Sell the
2: uh, set the scene for me. Where are you in the in the boarding process?
15: I'm about to go in the TSA pre check line, but I thought not everybody in the line wants to hear our personal ah. conversation that's just between you and me. So I I figure I'm gonna wait and then I'm gonna get in the line.
2: I I appreciate that. Do you have clear?
15: I don't, and I've thought about it. Do you have clear?
2: It is the best invention ever. I know like, people look at Edison and the light bulb. I think it's even bigger.
15: Really? Because I fly almost every week, and sometimes those clear people, they butt in line at TSA PreCheck, and I'm like, maybe I should do the clear thing.
2: Hey, Allison, do you like the clear? I mean, is it unbelievable?
11: It, it is life-changing. I will right? say that.
2: And put it this way. They're happy All right. to see you. You're
11: convincing me. But
2: they're happy to see you, Shannon. They have your attitude. You show up there like you're a clear member. Oh. Let me show you. And know what they do? They say, "Show me your eyes." They don't say, "Show but, me your eyes." Do you ID. feel
15: like that's a little bit creepy?
2: <laughs> no, I love it. So, uh, a fellow anchor of ours, a fellow anchor of ours, he didn't give me permission to tell him. I don't, I don't really think it's a big deal, but he forgot his license. But he's been oh. cleared, so he goes to oh. in Texas. He go, and in New York, he goes there, and they say, "Clear, welcome." And they look at his eyes. They mm-hmm. take his retina shot. Uh the click happens, and they walk her up. they go, "Thank you very much, Mr Fox Anchor, and they let him in mm-hmm. that's how that's how much they go through your background check and they make sure you're you and you go i 'm just that 's my last thing i will say about click Was I'm not a paid they're not sponsoring the show spokes yet
15: model you should be I know you're a spokes model for a number of things, but not currently clear.
2: no, just autoborn yeah.
15: <laughs> okay good
2: <laughs> yeah that's only what I got so when we uh talk about a whistleblower coming forward. We got his lawyer. We don't have him. As you watch the lawyer come forward, understand, uh, understand what he's representing and what he said. It's a male. We know that about the whistleblower. He's very experienced. Had trouble sleeping at night because of the fact that they feel as though this politics have gotten into the investigation, of the Hunter Biden situation, which is now in its fifth year. Mm-hmm. What's next?
15: Well, listen, he's come to Congress. I mean, he went to both Democrats and Republicans and said, this isn't a partisan thing. I want to do this right. He went to them for whistleblower protections. And there are a number of statutes that will kick in if he's actually viewed technically as a congressional whistleblower, somebody who's coming from a federal agency. um, And then all kinds of other different protections come in. He can share different information. And if somebody tries to retaliate against him or tamper with him as a witness, they can actually face time in jail. So there's a process. um, And a number of these GOP House chairs have said, committee chairs, we want to talk to him and figure out if this is the path we're going to go down
2: so uh, one thing i thought was interesting is the hundred biden's lawyers tend to be a little ham-handed first off no one ever admitted on the biden team that the uh laptop was his but his lawyer suing for the the repair (laughs) shop owner for letting everyone know what's on the laptop why would you be suing somebody without a laptop that's not yours Number two is now he's suing the whistleblower ahead of time. And the whistleblower is like, I got whistleblower protection, but this is exactly what I was worried about.
15: Yeah, I mean, it's really tricky because, obviously, listen, we think the president's going to roll out his reelection bid on Tuesday. The Hunter thing has dogged him the entire time. And once the House Republicans, you know, they took over and started running these committees, now it's become a constant thing that Peter Ducey and Jackie Heinrich and others are taking to the White House in these briefings, and they're having to constantly say, we leave this to DOJ or we leave this to the IRS, and we trust them to be uh, independent here. But when it's going beyond, you know, Fox and conservative media outlets, asking about this, it becomes a real problem for them. And there are questions that are beyond, um, you know, just a specific group of outlets that are now pushing Kareem Jean-Pierre on a pretty regular basis.
2: So Congressman Jim Jordan, who's head of the Weaponization of Government Committee, had Mike Morrell there. And I did not see this hearing, but Mike Morrell did swear. And he said, uh, I, you know, he did take the oath and said, Tony Blinken called me up and said, round up 51 people. This is Russian disinformation. And he did. Cut seven.
14: The way the then-Vice uh, then Vice President Biden did it was he made it seem like it was organic. And yeah. understand, it, it, was, it was choreographed all the way. And understand this, too. It wasn't just their names on that letter, on that statement. It was their names and their title. This imprimatur that it was accurate when it wasn't. And that's the scariest thing of hmm. all. And that, that letter became the basis for keeping this information from the American people. And the other thing that was important we learned in that deposition with Mr. Morrell... Is they were even Mr. Morell was even trying to direct who the Biden campaign told him who to get this to in the media. It was that coordinated. Oh, well, that's a scary point.
2: And the thing was, they asked Mike Morell, too. Why'd you do it? He said, I didn't want I didn't want Donald Trump to win. <laughs> OK, mm-hmm. but why? But this way, Shannon, do you ever get asked to blurb a book?
15: Of course, of course. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So do I. Do you know, would you ever blurb a book without knowing the person and the content?
15: So I would, not do that.
2: would you put you if you're like Leon Panetta, if you're Michael Hayden, I don't care how much you like dislike Donald Trump. Why would you put your career reputation on the line for a think- crack addicted, uh, hooker loving Hunter Biden? When you all you yeah, had to I- do is call up Joe Biden and say, Joe, is this your son's laptop? Because these emails are these emails from you. At least some of this stuff. Is it real? Because they want me to sign this. The election is two weeks away. The debate's two days away. I don't think I should do it. You're in Washington, Shannon. Does does this surprise you?
15: Well, don't you feel like over the last few years, though, it's been that people have decided if they are anti-Trump— They will do whatever it takes to stop him. And so, like you said, feeding things to the media. And then I thought about the FISA applications, feeding things to the media, and then citing the media in your applications to FISA for a warrant. I mean, this is not a new game, um, but it's very interesting that there are people in Washington who, the end justifies the means. If they were so dead set in believing that, in their estimation, Trump's bad for democracy, all these kinds of things, it seems that some people have been willing to gloss over the rest of the process in order to do whatever they could to keep him from the White House. And you saw how this showed up in the debate just a couple of days later when um, President Biden was running then and was able to say, look at these experts. These are 50 of the best intel experts we've ever had in this country, and they're saying this is Russian disinformation. You know, so he had that in his back pocket ready to go, and it certainly was a benefit to him in the campaign and in that debate.
2: So uh, let's fast forward to 2024. The president on Tuesday is going to make the announcement. Some are saying, well, he's superstitious, and that's where he did it on the same date Uh, two and a half years ago, okay, that could be one thing. But weren't we hearing up until yesterday that the president's going to wait until the fall, let Republicans fight it out, which if that in fact was true, not denied by the White House, um, because they originally they were supposed to do it after the State of the Union address, roughly around there. I'm just wondering if RFK Jr. getting in the race, emerging with 14 percentage points, has anything to do with it. Shannon, what do your sources indicate?
15: Yeah, you have to wonder because we'd heard all kinds of things about when the date was going to be for the president to announce and what his decision making thought process was. But, yeah, RFK made quite a splash this week, and there are continuing poll numbers that show a majority of Americans and majority of Democrat primary voters do not want President Biden to be their choice the next time around. So I think they're very aware of those numbers, and to see RFK Jr. jump in and have quite a splash like that, they might have felt, okay, no more playing around. we got to lock this down because, listen, the power of the presidency, the power of incumbency, I think clearly once the president says that he's in, that really boxes everybody else out, and maybe they just thought, hmm, let's not let this any of this other stuff kind of catch fire and become a real threat for us.
2: Yeah, I just thought uh, the president seems to be looking very old these days. We know the presidency wears on the youngest man; it uh, seems to be really wearing him out. And now he's going to be going to Australia and Japan in May and have a tough, uh, you know, bare knuckle fight for the debt ceiling straight ahead. And he's saying to himself, mm-hmm. this is the perfect time to ask for four more years. But yet, <laughs> you know, yet I know he's got barely got a lead over Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire, according to the latest poll.
15: Yeah, I mean, there are other places where, you know, other candidates like that show up. And you got to wonder, you know, Bernie kind of says he's done sort of running for the presidency. But, man, he's made things tough on the Democrat field the last couple of times he's gotten in. And he's been a headache to the DNC. And you know, there's nobody who tells who can tell him you can't do it. Uh, it's free country. Last time I checked. And it would be really interesting to see somebody get in um, to the Democratic primary against a current sitting president. But after the last few years in politics, nothing should surprise us anymore.
2: Lastly, uh, on the le- on the right, uh, Governor DeSantis is under attack from the mayor of Miami. Uh, uh, he's losing all the endorsements in Miami. I think there's a lot of fear of Governor DeSantis. Listen to Kellyanne Conway. She adds that. Cut 15.
4: Donald Trump works the phones. Nobody's going to outwork him. Nobody's going to have more energy. And he's been racking up endorsements and making calls to different people because he wants to show them that I've done the job before. I want to do the job again. Also, I think that Ron DeSantis has just frittered away so much the last five and a half months talking about woke this and Disney that not putting out an economic plan, not having serious policy people fly to Tallahassee en masse, uh, an economic group, an education group, a Ukraine group, a crime group, a border group, just to go and listen to what some of the experts in your own party, in your own center right movement have to say. Um, The other ironic thing is that Ron DeSantis has a really good record as Florida governor to run on. There's no question about it. I agree. But he's going to be stuck in Florida or he's going to be criticized for spending too much time out of Florida.
2: And they talked about what happened with the rain and, uh, and the flooding in Fort Lauderdale. So are you been a little astounded as you see the the number of attacks on Ron DeSantis?
15: Listen, I'm not surprised. I mean, um, the president, uh, clearly former president, has seen him as a threat for a long time, has been running ads against him for a long time, watches his every move and uses it to tweak and to troll him. And so not surprising. I mean, he's got the megaphone right now. Now, remember, you know, 18 months out, um, things can look one way. And, you know, six months from now, they could look very different. I mean, we've got our first debate in August. So we'll see. But DeSantis has some ground to make up. There are a lot of people who, you know, his team is going to them for endorsements now. And they're like, he didn't return my call for five years. He never talked to me once when he was in Congress. I couldn't get a hold of your office. And that stuff pays dividends um, in the negative. And so that's catching up with him right now. Then whether the rest of the country cares about what a lawmaker in Florida is doing, you know, this early in the race. Who knows? Um, But, man, President Trump has got momentum in fundraising and in polling, no doubt.
2: Uh, Have you decided who you want on your show, or is it going to be just you and a band?
15: Um, It is going to be a band. Actually, I do have a musician on this week, the mother of blues, Pat Cohen, who has actually been through a lot of reasons to sing the blues, and she's got a pretty amazing life story. So she'll be with us. But Governor Asa Hutchinson is going to be with us to talk about why the heck he is getting into this uh, very crowded Republican primary, as the former president seems to be running away from it, um, running away with it. Um, And I think I don't know if I can say her Democrat yet, but I'll put it on social media shortly.
2: Well, you don't want to tell me?
15: I can tell you off air, but I think I'll be able to tell you publicly very shortly. But I got to go now because I can't miss the people in the villages.
2: Okay, go get clear. All right, promise me, Shannon. Okay, get uh, Watch I'll Fox News Sunday 4 and 4 go 8. see her. Go see her at Barnes and Noble, the villages uh, t- tomorrow at uh, eleven to 11 one. To 11. Shannon, go get him. Go there. get him. 7669 Back in a moment.
1: Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody. A couple of things uh, come to mind. We have not really talked about the threat of China and the passive way in which this administration, if not acknowledging it or just overwhelmed about what to how to handle it. Listen to Janet Yellen. When you talk about economics, when you talk about their philosophy, getting it to Central and Latin America, uh, to Central and South America, I should say, their role in Africa. But Janet Yellen, not ready Not ready to declare open competition. Cut 20.
5: We've imposed sanctions on the PRC's regional officials and companies for a range of human rights abuses, from torture to arbitrary detention. And we're restricting imports of goods produced with forced labor in Xinjiang.
2: Yeah, but this is also part of her speech. Cut 19.
5: These national security actions are not designed for us to gain a competitive economic advantage. But we do not seek to decouple our economy from China's. A full separation of our economies would be disastrous for both countries.
2: If it was abrupt, sure. But we're not talking about an abrupt decoupling. We're talking about a gradual pulling away, incentives to do what you did with the CHIPS Act, only less intrusive with less regulation, to pull people back, to identify maybe uh, other countries where we can get manufacturing going, but most importantly, bring it here to states that would allow you to affordably do things, more like South Carolina and the the non-union states. Not saying unions are bad, but the the prices that they demand and the the strings that are attached – Make it even more difficult to bring it out uh, some s- Southeastern Asia and beyond. You can build some things in Korea, build some things in Japan, but more importantly, get them out of China and still stand up and get some swagger. Let them be on their back foot. Let them wonder what America's up till next, because they're creeping up on us everywhere. And at least I like to know they were in there fighting. But what we fight, we always win.
1: A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade.
3: There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is, has all the... Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage.
2: So that was a scene, famous scene from the debate, uh, where Donald Trump, we actually had COVID at the time, Said that when he brought up about uh, Hunter's antics, in comes Joe Biden with 51 intelligence agents say this is all a bunch of garbage. Uh, Guess who's here? Kennedy's here. And this girl um, (laughs) comes on tip of my tongue. Is this the first time you guys are together?
13: No,
16: not emotionally. (laughs) <laughs> Julie
2: Vanderas is here. I almost think you guys should be a team. I didn't know if this was... A, oh, this we've t-
16: teamed up. We have. Yeah.
2: On, Against uh, you. To fight crime? Yeah, climb, when you or? hear
16: those, those sirens, the, the FBNY <laughs> sirens, it's because we've been burning the city down. Yeah. Right. Metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: We
13: actually are the head of a street gang. Mm-hmm.
2: And that gang, what's the name of that gang?
13: Kennedy and Julie.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. there's no coyness to There's No, coyness to it. No, you know where trying
13: to find to, me. We're trying I, I, I thought low. it was hot cougar bitches, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes! That's... Oh, my God, can we change it? We're officially changing ourselves. <laughs> we are now the hot cougar bitches. So, um... Joe Biden was able to look in that camera. I Love when stuff throws you
16: off. Uh, know, uh, Joe Biden. Like, what in the hell? Joe Biden happens? was ever
2: was able to look in the camera and flat
16: out lie. It, it was a lie. He right? knew it was a lie. He knew the laptop was real. He knows that his son has problems, and that's putting it lightly, and that is soft pedaling it. He knew that those people who signed that were compromised. Uh, They were obviously promised something. Those are the people who run the spy apparatus in this country. They are spying on you warrantlessly, and they lie for politicians to save face and to reinsert the establishment and shame on every single one of them, especially this president who should not be reelected because he is mentally deficient and morally compromised.
2: Right. You gave me even more than I thought. But Mm -hmm. do you know sometimes (laughs) in your life when someone lies – and then you catch him, you go, you just, or or her, you go. Okay, that's the way they look when they lie. So, and how how definitive did they sound when they were doing it? And it made me think, Julie, what else is he lying about? You knew at the time. And how lazy are these fifty-one intel agencies not to pick up the phone and say, number one, Joe, see your son's laptop. I'm about to sign off on this. Number two. Uh, let's just go, show me a few emails, get your assistant, show me a few emails, find out if the correspondence between these well-known people yeah. to Devin Archer, others, and you have somebody at least run it up the poll, but instead, oh, Mike Morrell called, they want you to sign this paper. And they did. And it might've turned the election.
13: The fact that our now secretary of state, Antony Blinken was actually Organized it. <laughs> behind all of this and trying to basically pass it off as Russian disinformation, that right there should be... called. I, I don't understand why there aren't serious calls about him to step down right now. He should step down. He should absolutely... Yeah. Who, the president? No, the secretary oh, of oh, state. Yeah. He's I mean,
2: got, now, Lindsey Graham is calling him in to speak yes, to him. And... Yes,
13: and, and they've got this letter, and basically Jim Jordan is basically saying that, you know, they purposely tried to bury a story prior to the election, okay? They accused Trump of doing the same thing, but his, his crimes are a lot less than this when it comes to burying a story that could have actually influenced the election. So that's election tampering as far as I'm concerned. Is and it not? People who were polled about this have said,
16: um, you know, it's anywhere, depending on the poll, between 17 and 24 percent of voters who said they would have changed their vote yes. if they had known that this was That's real. Right. So, so yep. it did have an effect yes. on the election. Uh, you know, it's like you contrast that with the Facebook, you know, supposedly Russian disinformation that changed people's votes. Mm-hmm. You can't show a measurable difference for people whose Opinions or votes were influenced by ads they saw on Facebook, but people who saw the way this was handled and Twitter suppressing the New York Post story, they say if they were in full possession of the facts, their vote would have been different.
2: So this, it's so interesting because that is really what Trump should focus on now: lay out like he's smart to lay out. Let this be the narrative. Number one, I think there's a degree of panic within the Biden camp. Not only does he have 38 percent approval on Reuters, 42 overall on Real Clear Average. But now you have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. getting the race. Yeah. This stuff is coming out. A whistleblower is apparent. All of a sudden, the fall rollout is a Tuesday yes. rollout, yeah. Julie Banderas. And, and also,
13: if you, oh, I love when you call me by my last fake name. Um, so, first of all, the IRS, well, Banderas is fake. That's What, what are you I mean. going to It is? Well, yeah. Oh, my I God, you didn't that. know that? No. Oh, let's switch gears quick. My last name is Bidwell. Banderas is just a TV oh, name. Oh, I thought that was your married name. No. Hell yeah. no. That was Sansone, which gross. I purposely never said. I didn't it's think horrible. that's a gross name. No, it actually is terrible. But anyway, well, are you going uh, to keep the fake name? Um, Banderas. Well, yeah. I'm kind of stuck with it. I, uh, I think I don't know. I'll talk to management and see if they don't mind me going back to.
2: Bidwell. No, see, your whole life is television. You're like, I'll talk to management. I was just talking about in your. Oh, so do people call you Julie Banderas? Let's say when you go to the uh, Five and Dime to pick up moccasins.
13: uh, uh no, <laughs> no, they call me Bidwell. I go by Bidwell outside oh. of this building. I can't believe you didn't know that. No, I saw. It. I thought it was. I thought that was a fake name. No, Bidwell is no Banderas is a fake name. My my sister actually named me. It's a really long story. But former news director in New York City wanted me to change my last name to appeal to the Hispanic Isn't she demographic J-Lo's in manager? New York City. Uh no, but my sister actually brought up Lopez as a as an example because I could have been J Lo. Then she said Banderas because I could keep my initials J B. Were well, we talking about? Are you Biden? are you Hispanic though? Are you? Hispanic? I am. My oh, mother's so Colombian. Yeah. So then we kind of tried to pass it off as is, as my mother's maiden name, which is actually not true. It's uh, it was Rodriguez. Well, and what like are you? Name. You're
2: Romanian.
16: Mm-hmm.
13: Yeah, uh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought she it's was tough. Russian.
16: By no, the way, um, I never want to led an opportunity to remind the world that julie banderas had a pre-thanksgiving party that sickened 45 <laughs> out of 50 people and when i say sickened i mean, mean both ends for days we we caught something called sapovirus which is like norovirus yes. which is uh that brought
13: down cruise ships that's, and that's i don't, the don't mean actual cruise cruise ships, ships but like hundreds of micro people in were Russia. you the carrier uh my daughter was yeah and daughter was she the infector monkey. was throwing up the night before my Thanksgiving Day parade bash that I used to throw every year because I live on the parade route. And Kennedy, among many others, <laughs> were at the party. And within 12 hours, I think of you leaving my house. I have photographs, actually. I'll send them to you at some point of her two kids and her all laid out on the couch with mm-hmm. trash cans. Beneath their faces but
16: we weren't the only ones who sent those. They're, Julie had like five oh, pictures. 50 of did, she 50 express, did she
2: express regret that this happened?
16: No, because no. I lost like fifteen pounds.
2: Yeah, i, I, like I I'd no. never looked. I'm better. still
13: waiting for a thank you gift. <laughs> ah, Aren't ah. you so glad you booked us? Not yet. <laughs> it's cute that you uh, thought we were going <laughs> to actually <laughs> talk about <laughs> the topics you assigned us. So,
2: all right, let's forget about that. For one thing, I just think things are changing. I think by by the middle of next week, I think things are moving. And a thing that I find most encouraging. Sadly, is NBC, CBS, CNN are all covering it? Not the way we're doing it, but they're at least covering it. I have like a four, a four. minute There's a four-minute. CBS has a streaming, and so does ABC has a streaming network that no one watches. So they're like rolling this for like six-minute packages, which I think is kind of interesting. But something else is interesting. James Corden's last week of a late night. I no actually, one cares.
13: I actually didn't even percent. know this was his last week. That's how little I care. No one.
16: No one cares. No one's moved. Can I finish? Oh, sorry. Keep going, Matt Brian. As right. you were. This was
13: our show, I thought. I didn't know he was the host. Okay, go ahead.
2: Listen, I, I don't... Don't I, give us Julie, too much
13: time. Okay, we'll take no, hot that. cougar bitches should be <laughs> sidelined no, no, no. for your
2: mansplaining. I expect this for Julie, but like to interrupt me to say nobody cares is, 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 is more than hurtful. I
16: thought that's what you were going to
2: so, say. So the karaoke, uh, so the carpool karaoke, I do think, is pretty innovative. I, I do think we he's very talented. We did that on MTV
16: at the Beach House in 1995. Oh, is that true? Wow. What did that you do? In true. cars? Damn. Yes. It was right. called karaoke. And by the way, do you know, really? Yep. And how come no one said this Wait, before? Wait, I've never heard because that. Because they're all a bunch of dishonest liars. And I'm sure people have VHS tapes lying around well, I mean, so, a, do you <laughs> beach have,
2: house. Do you, was that before the dash cam? Yes. So so do you have a shooter? Like, did you have a, a camera guy in the car? Yes. All right.
16: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Oh, so you didn't have a lipstick Amazing. camera in the corner?
16: No. I had uh, I had lipstick all over my face.
2: Right. Nothing to do with that. That was from
16: <laughs> Kissing Sailors in the green room. Right. <laughs> and they had
2: the lipstick or you had it?
16: Well, right. we both had it
2: after that. Okay, understood. So, do you know they're on a flatbed?
13: Oh. Oh, yes. Sometimes. I did not know. Oh. No, sometimes. So, he, okay. he actually said that sometimes they do drive, but sometimes they don't. So, I know, I know you have to run. You do an number. Oh, right. I forgot. Okay, about no, that. no, don't leave no, yet. No, but I have time. Okay, have time. okay have yeah,
2: time. don't leave yet. Here's a little of carpool karaoke. And I know you know this, but P. Diddy, Puff Day, whatever he is, <laughs> unbelievably charming. Listen to a little of it.
10: How does baby number seven happen? I'm going to be honest with you. It's because I got back in music. So I started producing R&B again. And I have my uh, a, a new record label you called think it's Love a, Records. Yes. You think it's, and it's the, the baby music? the baby-making music that I make. You know how I like? there's no more baby-making music? I had to make my new baby to, like, I had to go back and get old 90s music and make a playlist. To make go my on, new what, baby what's to. on that playlist? <laughs> so I go home, I go home, I light a candle, Mm-mm. I put it on, Left the red light on. No candle, may burn down. The place. A red light. Bulb. Yeah, it's a red light. A red light, like a, a red light, light bulb. A red light bulb. Yeah. yeah. So it's I'm stru- an artist. Everything. Screw in a, strui- a red, strui- light red light bulb. Light bulb. Yeah. I put the kids to bed. Put the kids to bed. Put that on. Put it on, and then it's just gonna happen. <laughs> and the thing is it's called off the grid, so there's no phones allowed. Okay. So okay. to disconnect your phone and really really lock in. I don't you use my phone a lot other. during lovemaking yeah. anyway. This is a build-up. This is the buildup. up Oh, this is a build You and your wife, y'all just go straight to it. You're going hot. So it was just, That's I,
2: I just found him with a great personality. Down to earth, self-effacing. Your thought about that exchange?
16: I've known Diddy since the 90s and I like him. I've always had a good time with him. I actually interviewed him for the cover of a music magazine and it was a, uh, uh, bad boy, good girl was the cover. It was me and Diddy on the cover, so I got to take a picture That's of
13: that. Awesome, post it. yeah, it's pretty great. He is a really nice guy. My sister yeah. was the executive producer of his reality show where they formed the girl band, so she worked with him for years, and he's he's great. I mean, I, I because I he comes
2: him. off dark glasses, looks menacing, but he doesn't seem to be. I remember he almost invited me to the white party. Uh, never actually pulled the trigger on that, but I'm sure. I think he ended it a little quick. But when I bring that up, do you notice how Saul and Kennedy got? Do you not like him, Music Days?
16: I love my music. Okay, because you're very the quiet. Best. No, it's because I'm I'm doing you're a thinking. comedy tour with Jimmy Fela, and we start May sixth in Reading, Pennsylvania, at the Santander uh, Performing Arts Center. And a lot of the my performance will be talking about stories from MTV. Are you gonna so roll I'm, some clips? No, I don't have any clips.
13: Oh, there's nothing. nothing. They didn't, I didn't even have VH tuss, VHS tapes back then. No, we had Beta.
16: You yeah, beta? Yeah. What about just film? <laughs> right. They
13: had, um, um, we had a quarter inch and half inch. Yeah. I remember those yeah. actually. Quarter what, inch. what was your question, young man? I, I don't even remember. Oh, P. Diddy. Yeah, we, we're both P. Diddy fans. Right. But I think it's interesting. Not that- James
16: Gordon. I thought he was useful as teats on a You did not like him? No. But I think I- Ed, in the Balthazar story... Really drove me crazy because I believe that he was a diva and annoying and like, yes. oh, my God, my
13: wife's eggs. There's there's six eggs. There's only supposed to be five. This is disgusting. This is disgusting. It was some yolk that made it into the egg white omelet. It and was that was appalling. his complaint? Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Right. It was because yolk made it into the egg white omelet. She's allergic to yolk. But okay, not please that. She's not. But that's not right. Yeah. Like she said. Is it like he's in the room? Yeah. Now, you is, know what that really sounded is. like?
2: One of the kids from Two Sir With Love. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, yeah. dear sir with love. Is it dear two sir, two with sir, with love. sir with love? Yeah. yeah. Right. What I
13: didn't like about that is that he took down the manager, the waiter, all these people yeah. that are serving him, and yeah. then he was allowed back. And the owner of Balthazar or whatever it's called should be embarrassed because he should right. never be allowed back in that restaurant. Okay,
2: that was an epic fail. I, by the way, You're I welcome. just tried to lighten things up. I thought Titi was
13: wonderful. Right.
2: No, I think no, we've had a that wonderful conversation about. Let's this. try one more. Okay. All right. There we go. The crash test dummies.
16: Oh. Okay. Horrible band.
5: You also plan to make important investments to uh, address the roadway safety crisis, including the critical funding that would accelerate the development. And this is an area I've I've written to you about of the use of female uh, dummies in crash testing. This will start to fight the gender inequity among vehicle safety and crash victims.
2: Is this a issue that you wanted to tackle and you're angry that someone beat you to at Julie Banderas?
13: Oh, yeah. No, I definitely <laughs> would. I <laughs> was always wondering why don't crash test uh, dummies have why breasts. Why are they men? Why why don't they have breasts? I mean, you know, right. seriously, like uh, women who pose in Nike sports bras don't have breasts. Right. So why do we need crash test dummies with breasts?
2: Do you believe this is happening in Washington? $20
13: million. Well, you know what? Pete Buttigieg doesn't do anything else as transportation secretary. So he had to come up with something. So but he was like, ooh, yes. He and has he has the worst female crash test. Studies. He has the worst political instincts of
16: anyone I've ever seen. And that that's in the shadow of Hillary Clinton. Like, he is so bad. Right. He's dismissive well, this is a request from of, a a, of a train crash over. that could be deadly in East Palestine, East Palestine, uh, Ohio. And and now here, like this is the hill you die on, you know, dummy boobies. Yeah. I I don't understand. I mean, and the, the, he. This is someone with
13: presidential aspirations. He went to Oxford. Listen, I-, I went to Oxford for the weekend. Right. <laughs> Same thing. Wait, and and let me people. just say one thing. His argument is that seventy three percent of uh, fatalities or not fatalities, but accidents involve women. Well. I'll be honest. Women are not the best drivers, so I'm not sure. Wow. That they're, I'm not going to. I mean, I'm an amazing driver, but I don't know too you many buck women. You the that can, trend. I don't know many women that can parallel park like I can. Let's just put it that way. All right.
16: She's
2: got a button it just does it itself.
13: No, I got I parallel park like a beast. I know parallel you park and in
16: 1962 Cadillac like Sedan. Yeah, but Deville. you and I are like sisters
13: when it comes to like me being better than everybody else. But I'm talking about most women. All right.
2: So, yeah. This uh, We're not the average women. From your perspective, right. I, I think this, this, this segment went really well.
13: I, I think it's so. it's. – I'm putting it on my reel.
16: Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> uh, on yeah, your beta reel. Yeah. Uh, that's right.
16: It's the yeah. only way to watch it. <laughs>
2: Julie, go do Outnumbered. Yeah, I go. And be one of the women.
13: <laughs> oh, yes, I will. Be I one will. of the women. I will.
2: All right, and you stay. Okay. All right, uh, Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't move. Don't have
13: too much fun without me. You can
2: move.
1: Okay, bye. Want even more, Brian? Download the podcast at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. Every episode, exclusive interviews, on demand. More of Kilmeade coming up. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade.
2: Kenny, am I the only one excited about 2024? No. I, 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 to me, it's it's better the NCAA tournament, even though it's so early.
16: I could not. I could not be more excited because here's the thing. Like, I don't understand why people get upset about presidential elections when their person doesn't win. I'm a libertarian. My person's never going to be president of the United States. I'm fine with that. But the rest of it. It's like I know UCLA isn't going to play for the national championship in football, but I still love college football. Mm-hmm. You know, I still dislike Alabama pretty actively.
2: But this is where your analogy falls flat with me. Mm-hmm. If UCLA doesn't win the championship, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't affect China uh, outstripping us for the number one economic and military power in the world. A
16: lot of helmets but if we lose uniforms this, uniforms are made in China. If so. America, if, if, wrong, a cer- friend.
2: if a certain, that's a good point. But if a certain person loses the next election mm-hmm. or wins the next election, I believe that our American way of life has never been this threatened.
16: OK, here's the problem. You have With, people like Rob Reiner, hysterical people who run around every election cycle, doesn't matter if it's the midterms or a presidential election. And they say every time this is the most important election of our lifetime. And now people are completely apathetic and they don't care.
2: The only problem is do you agree that this China threat with Central America, South America, the taking over Taiwan, the uh, – the what's happening with their combination with Russia, Iran is pretty unprecedented when – especially when you say almost every expert agrees that their economy is a threat to us where the Soviets never was? Their economy
16: – uh, OK, so Russia's economy is in the tank. Everyone knows that. They, they, but compared to, very to the Soviets. Yeah, right. um, who stole land – and imposed very harsh rule on my people. Romania then left exactly, and came to the United States. One of the reasons I hate commies, um, but China's economy has not been growing at the rate that it was for years and years. Um, the the scariest thing is that China's economy will contract because they are so overleveraged. Because they're in bed not only with Russia, Saudi Arabia, South America, but also Africa. That's going to be too much for them, and they're going to pull the world economy down with them.
2: I feel better. Thank I feel you. Thank so you, much Brian. better. I'm great, right? Did you make all that up? I did not. Yeah. Okay. Good. I could have. But when do we watch? When do we watch your show?
16: 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Thursday, on the Fox Business Network. See you
2: Saturday at eight. One Nation.